0: Many people say we're living in biblical days. The Jay Garvin Show Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Sundays at 11 a.m., here on KRDO News Radio 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m., and 92.5 FM. Now here's your host, Jay Garvin's.
1: This segment is brought to you by Empire Title Bill McAfee, your. Best of the best Colorado Springs gold winner. Well, radio and podcast listeners, happy holidays, Merry Christmas into December with snow on the ground. I'm Jay Garvin's, your host of the Jay Garvin Show, where Matt, my producer, and I have done something that we've never done this December, and it's been the first three weeks to include today that we are continuing our conversation with life at the time of Jesus. Now, this has nothing to do with home and mortgage talk, so you think, (laughs) because I always somehow bring it back to real estate and finances. It has more to do with Jesus and the time of this season, Christmas, celebrating his birth. And this entire muse idea for the radio show started a full year and a half ago, October of 2021, when I went. I was very blessed to go to Israel for the very first time. And it was brought to the forefront of my mind with the. Horrific atrocities that have been cast upon the Jewish people, Israelites, as of late, which I will not go into detail. I was able to attend a rally for Israel this Sunday. Appreciate all the individuals, Karis. Andrew Womack, all the other speakers that put that on to show support, but also there's a historical element as I travel around the world. This time it was to Israel and Jerusalem, and I gather piles of books, and if you're a regular radio listener, hi, I'm Jay, and I appreciate your friendship. I usually come at this from the perspective of a licensed loan originator, which I am in 17 different states, but none more than important than my favorite state, my favorite Region right here, Pikes Peak region of Colorado. I remind my radio listeners and friends that I am a Colorado native by marriage. My wife is a cheesehead by marriage, but I am a Packer fan and Bronco fan by choice. So you can get a hold of me at 719 330 1457. And this is the third part in a series of life at the time of Jesus. This was 2,000 years ago. And as I explained in the very first show on life at the time of Jesus, and even at that point, there was literally a 2,000-year history of developments, advancements, style of living, professions, money exchange, all of it at the time of Jesus, and From a biblical perspective, which we will be reviewing and talking about today, because that is the history book of the time, the different chapters, which we now know them, books of the Bible, but there was a full 14 generations between Abraham to King David. Mathematically, that will come out to like 490 years, but it actually was 1,058 years because individuals like Moses and others live hundreds and hundreds of years, well beyond the life expectancy of today. And then from King David to the deportation or the exile to Babylon was another 14 generations or an actual 424 years. And then the final 14 generations. This is 14 fathers and sons from the exile to the Messiah, which Christians know as Jesus. Another 14 generations, 2,000 years. And I went through the past of that history. The second show, I went through all of the professions, which I'll touch on. But today with the drum roll, Matt, I'm going to be talking about life in the time of Jesus What was their currency of the time, and who and where they lived, how they interacted socially, and with commerce? This is Life in the Time of Jesus Part 3. It's all about the currency. So with that, I'm going to go through and take an advanced look beyond the first week an episode of how people lived in the upper city of Jerusalem with the beautiful houses and courtyards with the cisterns underneath and the high protective windows and I'm going to get into the professions everything from a blacksmith to a healer and then focus zero down on the currency what's a shekel what's a dinar and how does it apply at the time of Jesus as well as today. Call me at seven one nine-three three zero one four five seven during the break to give some detail and insight on the conversation of Israel and the Jewish people and life at the time of Jesus, right here on the Jay Garvin Show. Ago, you walked upon the planets, thought of all that you could see
2: just a little bit like me
0: the jay garvin show home and mortgage talk saturdays at 8am sundays at 11am here on krdo news radio 105.5 fm 1240 am and 92.5 fm we're back with your home mortgage jedi jay garvin's
1: this segment brought to you by locally owned rocky mountain climate a family owned business walking in your footsteps So, my friends, radio listeners, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. This is December of 2023 if you're listening to a podcast from the past. But if you're here listening this morning on Saturday, Matt and I were live in the studio, taking a right turn from the typical conversation of real estate and mortgage, where I'm doing a series, and this is part three on life at the time of Jesus. Now, Today's conversation is titled Life at the Time of Jesus about the currency and exchange, meaning the money. What is a shekel? What is a denarii? I mean, that would be like today's dollar. I mean, come on, is it Canadian? Is it United States? There were a lot of currencies of the time. But last week, I elaborated on the professions of the time and to understand the currencies, the commerce, the merchants the exchange, your daily wage. I need to do a review of how the Jewish people lived and what professions they did. There was basically three styles of living conditions. You had your very wealthy, your aristocrats, your Pharisees, your governors, your kings, your queens, and the elite class, kind of like we see in Washington, D.C. today. And I explained what a house or a manor looked like in the upper city of Jerusalem. Many gated cities back then. Jerusalem is the one, for obvious reasons, I choose to display the life of Jesus. But these were very large, expensive, ornate houses. And they were for the more wealthy. They were for the aristocrats. And I'm going to go into some of their lifestyle and currencies here in a minute. But picture a very large house, more of an adobe type that you would see in New Mexico or Arizona, flat-roofed houses, Courtyards, just like you see in Europe today, and there's a couple of houses right here in the Pikes Peak region in the Broadmoor that are adobe stucco houses. Back then, it was actually three layers of cedar or cypress, matted hay and wheat mats, and then clay reinforcement exterior. But all of the windows were void on the outside of these manors. If they were any at all, they were very high, only for ventilation and light. All of the living was inwards for protection and a large courtyard in the center of that ornate house, but they had cisterns to store water under those courtyards. They had underground temperature-controlled storage for their, their wines, their substance, their provisions, because gathering food was very complex. That's one style of upper Jerusalem elite living. Then you had the villages and the village house that were of the same context, but there weren't courtyards. They lived on the rooftops Again, with the roofs of cedar or cypress and straw mats and then packed clay for a stucco-type material. But then on top of that, you had to have all of the professions, which I covered in the second week or episode of this series, where there were blacksmiths and tanners, and carpenters, and weavers, and potters, of course, fishermen. But those were the blue-collar, and I'm going to get into the money and what they made. But other more white-collar professions were merchants or retailers. There's actually, there were singers and players, which would today be musicians. They were the apothecary professionals that really are the pharmacists and the druggists today, and all of the ointment and perfume fabricators. You had the scribes, which is very, a very prestigious position of the time, someone that would write out and understand the written language. That would be your editors, your authors, your screenplays today. And then, of course, you had your tax collectors like Matthew, one of the disciples that was looked upon in a negative light, but very, very educated. If you ever have the chance to watch the series Chosen, you just go to chosen.com. It's his own app, and it is like a 3C series about life at the time of Jesus. That was another muse for me to do this. But you also had governors. Of course, you had Pharisees, which were the priests. And here's a great transition and segue into the currency, the exchange, and the money of the time. You had the healers. Now, I looked long and hard, and there isn't the equivalency that I found of a doctor, an educated doctor, PA, or a nurse They did have the apothecaries, and those were the druggists, and sometimes those turned into medical healers of the day that actually charged people for their healing, for their ointments and everything. I guess apothecary would be the closest label for the professional, but they would take the wagons and become almost the ointment and snake oil salesmen that we can get in our mind's eye of colonial America loosely compared to that. But the healing of this time, as we know from documentation in the Bible, that afflictions of the time were meant to be more spiritual and evil spirits would cast ailments upon you. And then Pharisees would have the biblical background through prophets And healers like Jesus, before he became known as the Messiah to the general public, did a lot of healings. And these healers would go out from a spiritual standpoint and cast demons out of people, document factually the healing of Lost sight of epilepsy, of people who were possessed, individuals that were mute, individuals that had terrible ailments like leprosy. And Jesus did this. And as we talk about the currencies and the exchange of the day, my side note is that Jesus healed for free. It only cost you your faith. He said repeatedly, It's not me, Jesus, that heals you, but your faith to the Father, and in this case to him as the Messiah, as his journey and his ministry spread. So you transition to Jerusalem, Israel, Judea, Samaria of the time when it's now under Roman rule and you have currencies. So I could get into the Pruda, the might, the tyranian shekel the jewish revolt shekel but basically there were two common currencies of the time i'm going to say one was of the coin and one was of the paper that we understand it today and that was the shekel and the silver dinar or dinari. and in talking today about the currency and the exchange it's so important to put this into layman's terms, and I've spent a lot of time on this. You had the shekel, which was the coin. There's the Tyrian shekel, and this was a silver weight, about 14 grams. This coin minted between 126 BC to 56 CE and was considered the dependable value currency for exchange. It was worth about four dinars. So the shekel was the primary exchange. It was silver. And when you gave your contribution or your tax to the Jewish temple, you had to pay in pure silver. So in many instances, the shekel was silver. And then of course, the dinar was also silver, but you basically had about four shekels to one dinar. So all of it, of course, is in coin. You had both Jewish and Roman tax to pay in the time of Jesus, there was a very suppressive tax system, almost to the point that the Jewish people, the people of Judea, even the Gentiles, were almost indentured servants with the amount of tax they had to pay to both the Jewish tradition, temples, and the Roman rule. But now if you look at professions, I talk to you about the blacksmith, the vineyards, the tanners, the carpenters, the weavers. If you actually were a simple vineyard worker, which was the most common, as all Jewish families usually had 10 to 12 acre plots that they would walk two to four miles outside of the city. And if you had a wine vineyard or an olive grove to harvest on one of the rocky, arid hillsides of Israel, you would get one dinar for a day's work. This is very, very interesting because I want to read this to you. There's actually a story, a documentation in Matthew by Jesus talking about, about the kingdom of heaven talks about how he saw individuals standing in the marketplace and he gave them one dinar to come work in the vineyards and If you're interested, you go into Matthew 20 in the New Testament and you can read about that, about how it's the owner's call to bless individuals and bring them opportunity and work. But whether you start at the beginning of the day or the end of the day, it's the nature of the landowner and the Good Samaritan blessing people to choose how people accept and are receiving a wage. This is the same analogy as the kingdom of heaven, whether you accept in full faith that Christ is the. Messiah at a young age or an old age, your gift is the same, whether it's in the beginning of the day or the end of the day. But if you look at it, somebody like a scribe that was a white collar professional, instead of making one dinar in a day, would make more than two and a half times or 2.5 dinar. And this turned out to them making like 240 dinar a year where a scribe, ...would make as much as 600 dinar a year. Roman soldiers, all of that I'm going to talk about and how it is translated into the actual cost of goods. For example, before we go into the next segment, there's another story in the Bible about the Good Samaritan, which is very, very interesting... Because if you go into Luke 10 and see this man that was injured and battered on the side of the road, there was actually a priest that happened by him and and went to the other side of the road like didn't see that guy. Not too much later, a Levite came and he's like looking up to the stars and passed him by. But who came to help him? Samaritan. And what is a Samaritan? The Samaritan's a good Samaritan. And the Samaritan is someone like me or my guest coming in, Bill McAfee, that is doing well in business and took care of this individual with what? Dinar's. Took care of him at the inn for two weeks. For two dinars. And that's what Bill McAfee and I are going to get into the next segment about the currency of the time, wages and real estate. And of course, we're going to talk about home values, not only in Jerusalem, but also in the Pikes Peak region. Right after these messages, you're listening to The Jay Garvin Show. the sailors cry smell the sea and feel the sky let your soul and spirit fly into the misty look down from a broken sky traced out by the city lights my world's a mile high, best seat in the house tonight.
0: The Jay Garvin Show Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Sundays at 11 a.m. Here on KRDO News Radio 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m. and 92.5 FM. We're back now. Here's Jay Garvin's.
1: This segment is brought to you by Aero Moving and Storage. Give me your eyes for just one second. Give me your eyes so I can't see. Everything that I keep missing Give me your love for humanity Well, thanks for sticking with me. Jay Garvin's here right in the middle of the holiday Christmas season. I am in a deep discussion of part three about life at the time of Jesus and currency. And as we parted from the last segment, I said the Good Samaritan, which you can go and find this in biblical, historical sense in Luke Chapter 10, verse 25 and on, talking about the good Samaritan stopping by the side of the road. This is a businessman of the time. A priest had passed him, a Levite who's a foreigner had passed him, and now he takes this man up, heals him with blood from his wine and his oils, puts him up on his donkey, which we're going to share with you in this and the next segment, how much that donkey cost, took him all the way to the next town, put him up room and board for two weeks for two denarii and said, I'll be back around to check in to make sure he's okay and pay the difference. Well, folks, that is two denarii for two weeks are four denarii to rent a place back at the time of Jesus, already 2,000 years of developed civilization with professionals, blacksmiths, currencies, not a lot different from today minus the internet and Twitter, or I'm sorry, X. Housekeeping. And if you take four denarii and divide it by the typical vineyard worker that made 20 denarii a month debt ratio on your housing back then was about 20 to 25 percent almost identical today and i'm telling you as i invite bill mcafee into the studio here it's not a lot of difference two thousand years later except we're kind of like housing gone wild at spring break here isn't that a little bit of the truth there bill
2: um well first of all you brought up spring break So I'm going (laughs) to spill some skeletons out of your closet (laughs) on that one. (laughs) 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 Merry Christmas, my friend. Uh, You you too. You you know what, Jay? uh, In looking through the numbers where we're at and this is just a side note i was talking to some people today and back when the rates were about you know three and a half four percent i actually went through and calculated if you wanted to keep roughly 25 percent of your income towards your house payment and i saw we're like high sixes i think today or something like that was quotes but you know even then it was going to take about 30 bucks an hour you know back then to buy a five hundred thousand dollar house if you were you know at at that three and a half four percent yep and if you wanted to keep your adjusted gross then and and you know one of the things that that ties into this to me directly the one thing we may have in common with biblical times is the the housing market has gone up so high that you're starting to see the the houses that are 25 foot wide three stories high
1: yeah and and i i say they're like village towns in israel <laughs> you are i was going to say the size is probably not that far off no it really um, isn't um, and they and, and when they yeah,
2: can they do live on yes, the roofs. yes so uh, and you're going to see more and more of those i mean i you know i've seen them off south carefree i see them up north i see mountain and lewis yeah. I mean, and you know, and, and it's, they're small, but that's the only way they can make them affordable. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So,
1: interesting. But it's funny. It makes and then they're stacked, stacked on top to... of their garage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Do no, because it's... guess where they put the, they would put all of their sheep and herded animals outside, but they would walk in with their donkeys and their oxen. Right. And they would <laughs> store them in the stables at the main floor of their house. Which right.
2: is where the car goes now.
1: I mean, we're looking at <laughs> Banning Lewis here. <laughs> and it is crazy, my friend. But I talked about someone could stay or rent for about 20% of their gross take-home income, but this is housing gone wild because for the last three months, my friend, we've had 3% appreciation again in median homes. Walk walk us
2: through that. Well, you and I, Jay, talked at the beginning of the year. I really said that on on average price, I thought it would be down anywhere from 1% to 3%. I thought medium would be down as much as 5 And the amazing thing, actually through the first 11 months of the year, average is up 0.6%. It's going to end up positive unless we have a huge drop in December. We won't. Um, you There's know, And it doesn't look difference. like it. Yeah. And, uh, and median is still about 1%, one, one But it's because of the shortage that we have in homes. Imagine if we had a lot of supply out there right now with well, the rates Well, we have going
1: 2,300 north. homes, but talk about the shortage why is uh, why is the yeah. shortage you know
2: what they're, they got things jay that uh, some of my friends are calling them coffin listings yeah and that's those people that have rates at two and a half three and a half percent they're not going to sell those homes those homes aren't coming back on the market no and so what's going to happen it's going to leave totally up to the builders to try to keep up and the simple fact is with all the red tape and everything that builders have to go through to when you still look at our shortages jay we're still a thousand less than what we would normally be when you yeah. look at our listings right now i think we're at 2500 something like that and when you look historically we're we're about thirty five hundred, so we're still a thousand listings less than what we would be in a regular market. Mm-hmm. And right now, the builders are the only ones that are bringing that. The resale market, people aren't bringing that mark that back on. And so, I, I you know, we're starting to see people who were on the sidelines, even though rates are up, they're like, "Well, dang, prices really aren't going down that much, and rates were going up." So th- some of them got fearful and said, "I'm going to jump in and buy anyway." Imagine if we get down to 6%, Jay. Oh, it's going to be just like 2021. It's going to
1: be another run. And if you're listening from Pikes Peak Regional Development Department right now, you are a dam. You are a a cog in the rail that is slowing down all development. I'm not going to get into it today, Bill, but there's an article, a nationwide article from Wall Street that says, in Colorado, the economy is literally being stagnated by this shortage and the the clog of housing in Colorado. Colorado. And what it is, is rates are going up extremely fast. And we have been one of the most fast appreciating states in the entire union. And value and interest rate has eliminated entire populations in the Pikes Peak region out of debt ratio.
2: No, it's, you know, Jay, even even before we had that big jump, I had said once we hit 500,000, you had pretty much... For the median income in El Paso County, you which at three four percent, absolutely, and we had reached it because. And now it is up. I, I checked here a while back. It's up over a pinch over hundred. The median household income is mm-hmm. over hundred. But still, when you look at that, when rates are up six seven percent, they're still. It's the, trying to get them to buy is crazy. Uh, Jr. Assumptions are going crazy. And average, mean, we're
1: them. yeah, an average and in median income is stuck at a glass ceiling yep. at five hundred. Now talk about assumptions. Tell people what that is.
2: You bet. What we're seeing right now, Jay, is uh, i would a, a separate company. Me and, and a gentleman in Craig O'Boyle had started a separate company. And we have uh, Amy Cavender, who's the lender working with us. So what happens is you got all these people out there with interest rates of, you know, two, two and a half percent, three percent. And the rates out there right now are probably high sixes or seven, if you quoted today. Well, th- that's a difference of, of about $1,000 a month on a $500,000 home, if I can assume a 2.1% versus seven. Mm-hmm. And so you are seeing people that are coming in and by assuming they're actually stepping into the shoes of that current seller who got a va or an fha loan and they're going to be able to take that loan over they qualify just like the original seller when they bought it they're picking that rate up at two and a half versus six
1: or seven and moving forward but now how are they covering the difference between the loan amount at the lower value and the higher value they doing that with cash cash?
2: yeah it's cash and jay looking through those i was asking i was talking to amy the other day on this every single deal that we've done they've done cash
1: now, one of the things, and that then your happen, lender just does the paperwork to transition the that the servicer who is currently
2: there. Yes, they just send us the just does the paperwork and and they, you know what? These things don't make money for the lender, so they're not excited, you know, to have these. No, assumptions. but it's the
1: right thing to do. It, it makes the seller excited because now their house is selling. Absolutely, and the buyer is ecstatic. It's ecstatic. And
2: Jay, we got a couple really large ones. where 1.3, 1.5 loans were taken over on, on VA. On then, that On VA, must, yeah. it was VA. Of and course. you know what's amazing? On one of those, it was almost four thousand a month that that new buyer was going to save yeah. versus get it today. So, by doing that assumption. Yes, by doing the assumption. And you if, find the cash to get that deal. Absolutely. Well, and they can also be gifted you know, they can actually be gifted on that cash under under the VA. So uh-huh. it's really cool. So that's something that we're seeing that people, especially buyers who can't afford at the current rate are going to do. So that's one tool that you use in this market. If a buyer can't get in under current rates, Yeah. Um, you know, you're the other thing I would tell buyers out in this market, make sure you go to the builders right now because those builders are giving
1: everything um, yes, away. Absolutely. So in the last minute, my friends, I got a minute and a half and I want to give you all the time, kind of sum up what you're scene. we're going to do gotcha. a big cap in january and folks don't forget tune in next week because bill and i are going to be reading christmas stories it's an annual tradition for he and i Absolutely. but finish up in this last minute what's the All most right. important things to know
2: well a couple of things if you look at like number of listings number of sales if you look like on a monthly level we're back to the levels we were at
1: 2015 Okay. okay. So if you. Yeah, Inventory uh, levels are back yeah. to 2015. 15, yes. More than 2,000 to 2,500 homes available. Yes, yes. Great. So, yep. So we're there. We're also back
2: there on uh, on number of homes sold. Yes. You did 715 last month. You have to go back to 2015 to see the last time there was that few of a home sold. Mm-hmm. So the market is cooling a little bit. But here's what I would say I just want to give an update. For buyers out there in this market, average price right now is up 0.6%. We're positive. Medium price is only down 1%. Yeah. So so everybody that's sitting out there waiting i don't know uh, if these rates go down to six or whatever in here and you need a home and you could afford it I, I don't know that i would wait a long time
1: I just- you have to go now because when rates go down folks just like i said in 2012 Prices are going to go up because we so, have the shortage. The last statement, my friend, what is it? Uh, the last thing we go I would to Christmas.
2: Say, first of all, I want to wish everyone and you especially a Merry Christmas. Thanks for the partnership that we've mm-hmm. had. I really appreciate it. And then the final thing I would say to to buyers out there, there are opportunities now that we didn't have a year ago. Amen. And you know, and take a look at it. Sellers just don't be greedy when you're selling your property. Price it right and,
1: and- take the money and run.
2: Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely.
1: Awesome. Well, don't go anywhere. I am going to continue the conversation and put it all together with a nice little bow about life at the time of Jesus, currency, and how they interacted at the time of Jesus. You're listening to The Jay Garbage Show. Come on. If you make sure you're connected, the on the wall. But if you Give us your tired and weak, and we will make them strong. Bring us your far-round songs, and we will sing along.
0: The Jay Garvin Show Home and Mortgage Talk, Saturdays at 8 a.m., Sundays at 11 a.m., here on KRDO News Radio, 105.5 FM, 1240 a.m., and 92.5 FM. We're back with your home mortgage best friend, Jay Garvin's.
2: We want to.
1: You are there is a winding Across the Shifting Sand and Room for everyone living in the promised land. Well, thanks for sticking around. This is the very last segment with the series of life at the time of Jesus. Now, We've had three full series. First, the first episode, the first part of the series was the introduction to life at the time of Jesus, laying this out within Israel, within Judea, which is really just north of Cairo, Egypt, above the Red Sea, it's below Lebanon, Jordan, kind of on the east side of the Mediterranean, and the time of Jesus, there's already 2,000 plus very well-developed years of history, but this is the time of Roman rule, this is the time of the birth and the life and the death and the crucifixion and rising from the grave on Easter of Jesus. And I talked about the houses. I talked about the villages, the walled cities of Jerusalem, that first conversation. Then last week, I went into all the different professions that are not too different from today with the white collar and the blue collar how a village is laid out, what a village house is like. Bill McAfee and I laughed about how those multiple story houses with life on the rooftop are are not too different than the tall skinnies we're starting to see today because it was a tough financial time at the time of Jesus because the citizens, the Jewish people and the Gentiles and the Romans were paying taxes not only to the state of Rome, but the Jewish people were paying a temple tax as well. And that was broken down in the currency of the shekel and also the denarii. And we talked about how a typical Jewish worker would make maybe two to four denarii, even if you were a professional vineyard or orchard or wheat field worker, you would make maybe as little as one denar a day. And there were like 4 shekels to 1 dinar. So if you were a blue collar worker back then you made about 20 dinar a month. I talked to you about the good Samaritan last segment. The story about Jesus in the book of Luke in the Bible and this good Samaritan helped someone who was beaten and injured on the side of the road, put him on his donkey, fixed him up with his wine, which was the disinfectant of the time, and his oil, which was the ointment or the cream back then, and took this battered citizen to a bed and breakfast in the next village and gave him two dinar, which is incredible, is one-tenth of a person's wage, three to five days of wage, to say take care of this soul and I'll circle back around in two weeks and pay you anything else for costs that he has incurred, and that puts a full month of housing or rental back then at four dinars for a blue-collar field worker. That's 20% of your take-home pay. Well, if you bought a newborn donkey, they were four dinars, and if that's a week's wage just for the Samaritan to put that injured citizen on the donkey, you had incredible things like if you wanted to eat one outrageous meal back then, a full five-course meal, it was about one dinar or a day's wage. If you wanted to buy a calf that could produce cheese and milk, it wasn't like a donkey that was just a pack meal for four dinar. It was 20 dinars. That's one month's income. If you wanted an ox that could really plow fields, that's like buying a tractor, that was 100 to 200 dinars. I mean. A field worker only made like 240 dinars an entire year. That's a whole year's salary to buy a really good car, or in this case, a tractor or an oxen. And you started to see the comparisons to today. In the standard and the cost of living back then. I mean, a scribe, someone that was an editor or a screenwriter, would maybe make two and a half dinar a day, 50 dinar a month, or about 600 dinar a year. And that was nothing because if you were a wealthy woman, you had 50 dinar a year of just clothing budget. If if you had the price of a virgin bridegroom, the father of the son would give 200 dinar, almost a year's salary, to say if you want me to take your daughter, and let me restate that, the father of the daughter would give the father of the provider or the son 200 dinar to say here's your wedding gift to take care of my daughter with your son. I mean, it was a crazy time. If you were a soldier in Rome... You only made 50 to 225 dinar, less than a field worker, but then your room and board, all of your clothing and stuff like that was provided. But a a scribe would make 600 dinar a year, and they could buy a house and have it built for less than 1,000 dinar, so that's only about a year and a half to two years of wage and like I spoke about in 2012, when a house in Colorado Springs costs 160 thousand dollars, not a big deal. But today, when you're looking at a 400 to 500 thousand dollar house, that's a big deal. And that's why it's so important for you in this time. And you can call me because at the end of the day, I'm a mortgage lender and I'd love to help you purchase your next home. And I really appreciate, Margarita, you calling me, us having a great conversation. I do it every week. I did it with AJ Jr. I did it with Sil Romero. I mean, all of these individuals. I want to sit down with you and help you buy because you can buy a single family home in Colorado Springs for the first time in three years for $250,000. It's going to be a small one. It's going to be like that little small village house outside of Jerusalem, but you can do it. And my big takeaway from today is soak in these stories. Take the time this weekend before Christmas to bless someone with your time, your talents, or your actual money, especially the elderly, the widow's the widowers, the children. Make this season about someone else and the kingdom and the love of Christ and not about yourself because there was a time that people lived around Jesus and we're very blessed today. I look forward to reading Christmas stories with you next week and as I state at the end of every show, go grow and prosper folks and tell someone close to you that you love them. You've been listening to The Jay Garvin Show.
0: You have got a friend in me when the road looks rough ahead And you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed You just remember what your old past said Boy, you the proceeding was a paid program on KRDO News Radio. KRDO News Radio does not confirm nor deny the validity or accuracy of the information contained in this program. And the views expressed do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the staff and management of KRDO News Radio. You got a friend in me. You got trouble. And I got them too. There is anything I wouldn't do. Yeah.